Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Luck We Had, a shameless recap podcast. Yay! Hello! Hello! We are your hosts. It is no longer me, a host, and my guest. <laughs> my name is Amanda. I am your co-host with my other co-host, Evan. Hello! Hello! I'm so happy to be a co-host. I'm so excited. <laughs> Yay! And so, okay, if for whatever reason you didn't listen to our first episode and you're listening to this one... Cool. Good on you. Do whatever you want. Let's introduce you to what the concept of this show is. We are rewatching every single episode of the U.S. series of Shameless. And uh, Evan and I are not like professional TV critics. We're not like anything. Nope. We just have been watching Shameless forever. And, and we have too many opinions about it. Yes. And we're the kind of people that get absolutely obsessed with it and then start shit talking it for a few seasons and then get obsessed with it again, which I think are the best kind of fans. Yeah. Honestly, like it just means that you have variety. <laughs> if you can't criticize a show, why are you watching it? So, yeah. So we are going to start this episode. We're going to talk about season one, episode two. It is entitled Frank the Plank. It's the first title of an episode that we get. It aired, like what season? That first one was just like pilot. It was just pilot, like every other TV show. Yeah, this episode is called Frank the Plank. It is season one, episode two. It premiered on January sixteenth, two thousand eleven. It was written by John Wells and Paul Abbott and Nathan Jackson because this first season they really did try to remain true to the UK series as much as they could, uh, mm-hmm. but. Eventually, it goes off the fucking rails, which is good. Oh, yeah, the UK 100%. series is not great. I uh, think I tried to watch it because I remember when I was looking to watch Shameless for the very first time, I was told it was on Netflix. So I was like, cool, let me go. And so then it was the, the UK, UK version. And I watched like the first episode and I was just like shocked at what I saw. And I was like, I thought that was bad. And then I've been watching US Shameless and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and this episode was also directed by John Wells, because of course it was. Um, I have feelings about him, but we're going to postpone those feelings until later <laughs> seasons. So the episode description is, A manhunt ensues after Frank goes on a bender and turns up missing on Friday, the day he never fails to cash his disability check, and turns up in Toronto with no idea how he got there. That's a fucking doozy of a... That's so much happening in one, like. But it's all about (laughs) Frank, like. That's what I noticed throughout the first season is that a lot of it mostly centers around Frank, and then like the kids, what they do are their storylines, like for him more so. Yeah, I understand why they did that because William H Macy was the big name that sold the show, and and nobody else was a big enough name yet to be selling the show. So like. Um, first of all, Cameron Monaghan was on Malcolm in the Middle. I think he's a really big name star. <laughs> he was in Click. Excuse me? He was in Click. He was more like, what, Oven Mitts or something? Emmy Russell was literally in Phantom of the it's, Opera. She's a classically trained opera singer. And they used that exactly, like, once in a video they used for the website and not even in the show. For, like, a Christmas video they used on the web. That's so weird. I feel like the only people who really weren't anything when they were children were um, Jeremy Allen White, right? He didn't really do that much acting when he was no, younger. and, like, obviously the kids that, like, are children on the show. Like, yeah, yeah, freaking <laughs> Emma and um, Ethan. Like, of course, they that was the first gig they got. Yeah. <laughs> 
my friend went to like the charter school that um Ethan went to in California like the fame so she goes to this like certain high school and then there's an extension for it for like the famous kids and stuff and she yeah. said Ethan graduated with her two years ago oh wow uh so yeah the episode title refers to obviously Frank because William H. Macy sold the show we get it uh <sighs> we get it and then this is the first appearance we get of a what do you mean you didn't watch Shameless fuck off here's the expert like I love the way they do the previously ons it's like, mm-hmm. I love how they, they break the fourth wall. Like, I think that's just, like, so, like, cool and, like, funny. And, like, it just makes you, like, be like, oh, shit. I feel like it's I the first know. show I ever saw do that to, like, turn to the camera and be like, the fuck were you doing while we were working? Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to catch you up on this. Just watch some clips. I like that. So Frank did the previously on. And, uh, yeah, let's get into the episode. And then... But isn't this the first time we get a title sequence? The first appearance of the title sequence. Yes! The, uh, Fantastic the song, song. The song that inspired this podcast name called The Luck We Got by The High Strung. Is it one of my alarms in the morning? Absolutely. <laughs> um, am I sick of it? Not even a little bit. I sing along every single time. Do I know all the words? Not, a, not even a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I sing along regardless. Uh, so I have a little breakdown of the title sequence, which is super fun. This is the first appearance of the title sequence. We are in the Gallagher's bathroom uh, with Fiona dragging a passed out Frank on the floor of the bathroom. She drags him out by the, by the foot so that she can pee. So we get to see Emmy Russum just like sitting on the toilet. Super yeah, fun. just drop drawers. <laughs> I love this title sequence. It's like, here is what we're going for in this show. Yeah. Like this, is, this is what to expect from these characters, exactly. by the way. So after that, it cuts to Carl comes in and sits on the toilet tank and finishes Frank's beer that was sitting in the bathroom. And then we have Ian jerking off to uh, two men in a magazine. And Kev walks yep. in. <laughs> Because Kev just walks into their house and gets something from the bathroom while Ian is on the toilet. He's uh, oblivious, though, so he doesn't notice a single thing. Debbie wrapping Liam in toilet paper, which is cute. I always thought that was so cute, like turning him into like a mummy or something. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was so cute. Friendly reminder that Debbie is an actual child in the first season. Um, yeah. Then Lip walks in with Karen. Karen is in the title sequence for the first nine years. It bugs the shit out of me that Karen is around for this long. Whatever. So Lip pees, <laughs> Karen grabs a cigarette from him. Kevin V walk in and Kev's nose is bleeding and V is fixing it because remember, V knows nurse stuff. She's not a nurse, but she knows nurse she stuff. She knows stuff. Uh, she has all the equipment a nurse can need, though. <laughs> and then it cuts to Debbie playing around in, like, Fiona's heels and her makeup because Debbie was a little baby child and Fiona was her big mm-hmm. sister. It was very cute. And isn't the season one title secret, it's a little longer than once it progresses into the seasons, right? Like they maybe... cut out, like, a couple scenes, don't they? No, because, like, the... Whatever, it's not a spoiler alert, but, like, the new season, like, kept clips from the original... And added more. So I even think the title sequence is longer now. Oh, shit. Um, but maybe for, like, certain episodes where they're like, we don't have time, they might have, like, shortened it. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, so Carl pulls a toy rabbit out of the toilet. Liam puts the toothbrush in the toilet and then sticks it in his mouth. Because <laughs> he is a child. And then Fiona and Steve 
having sex on the sink. We get to see Steve's ass. <sighs> we get to see Steve's little tushy. And then that, like um, every season. For nine years. That is the way the title sequence remains for nine years. They don't change it ever. Even as the cast changes, they don't change anything. Which is great. And like they start off with an ass shot. So every episode has to have a nudity warning. Because ass yeah. in the title yeah. sequence. But, but, but. So whatever. The title sequence is over. We open on Frank walking into the kitchen from upstairs. From there, I love the way their like two-tiered stairs are. Like in the mm-hmm. front of the house and the back of the house. I love the way I that like, connects. Like when I think about it, like that house is pretty big. It's like, huge. Maybe the actual house, because I know like the outside shots are not a set, but the inside shots are a set. Yeah. But like I wonder if the actual layout of that house is that big because like it looks like a pretty nice house if it's like it's in a Gallagher house, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like I feel like that house has a lot of potential. And they have a basement and like they have like a another thing too. And like, there's like a crawl space it. in the attic eventually. Mm-hmm. Like it's just a nice it's i don't know it's a nice way to lay out a house for a tv show i like it uh so he comes down the stairs and there's like no laces in his shoes so he grabs one of the kids shoes on the stairs and steals laces and laces up his boot because frank is an asshole reminder number one of the night that frank is an asshole uh fiona watches him do it and just shakes her head like you dick so then frank goes outside And we see Steve pull up with Ian and some groceries. So now Steve has been integrated into the family routines. I don't know how much. Yes. He was there for one episode and then now he's buying them like breakfast and shit like that. Yeah. I feel like I want to establish for this episode. um, Take a shot every time Amanda doesn't understand why time doesn't exist on this show. Because (laughs) how long has Steve been a part of the family now? How long have they been dating? Is he her boyfriend? Does he live there now? What's. Why is he just buying that's groceries? I, that's how them? I feel the entirety of season one with them. <laughs> yeah, the first episode, like we said, lasted five days in their universe. Yeah, like like everything just kept on bouncing back, and like there was a sunset right after like something. Like it just things did was not correlate. Like, of together. Insanity. So whatever. Steve is integrated in the family. He's doing a grocery run with Ian. And then we cut to the alibi where Kev is borrowing cable from the first appearance of one of our alibi regulars, Tommy. Tommy the I Barfly. Love Tommy. Tommy is actually very fun. That actor is super fun for behind the scenes information too. He mm-hmm. like him and Kermit, who we will meet later too, they they come in clutch with behind the scenes information and the That's alibi. So cute. He's like he, they're like one of the first actors everybody tweets to be like, is Nolan a scene with you? Do you know anything about this? <laughs> <laughs> I there was something that Tommy's actor was in as like just like an in for like he was like a character for like something in one TV show I watched and I forget who who he was. It was like it, a but I just thought it was something. so funny. I remember seeing him too. I was like, oh, it's Tommy. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what are you doing here? He was in like a business like attire thing or yeah. something like that. I'm trying to think what I don't I haven't watched that many things recently, so Kermit's, it couldn't be that. Kermit is in like out a there. car commercial right now or something. He's or in like an insurance commercial. I'm like that's fucking Kermit. Um, yeah, everybody who, uh, might not be aware, there is a regular at the alibi, the character's name is Kermit, yes, like the frog, and he doesn't not look like the frog. Um, we love Kermit. (laughs) We love and respect Kermit in this house. Um, so Kev is borrowing cable from Tommy, and, uh, they're, like, setting up, I guess it's a fight night. They're setting up a, a pay-per-view fight 
in the alibi with a TV clearly stolen from Best Buy. Still, like, has the tag on it. <laughs> so while all that commotion is happening, Frank walks in and grabs just a beer that was sitting on the bar and drinks it. Because number two, Frank is an asshole. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then we cut back to the Gallagher home, where everyone is settling down in the living room with burgers and fries and stuff to watch Deadliest Catch as a family. <laughs> I think we just have to think about the times, like, 2011, like, I feel like that was such a big, like, hype show, like, regardless of how old those children were, like, like, they're not normal kids. This is clearly the middle of the day, too, so, like, they're just settling down for a family marathon of Deadliest Catch. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. It was just such an odd choice. And, like, I wanted to say something again about, like, the the morning stuff. Have you noticed they somehow managed to do, like, everything in the plot before school in, like, the TV show? Like, that's the thing that's overwhelming the most is, like, how do they do so much stuff? They're like, oh, got to go to school. And I'm like, how long have you been up already? Like, I woke up, I had breakfast, I had a deep conversation with my sister, me and my friend chatted at the locker, and, like, and now we're going to homeroom. What? (laughs) Yeah, and, like, they always do the things where, like, they're just, like, chilling at the house, like, or they're run- walking around the outside or like they have to go somewhere and they're like, oh, going to be late from school. I'm like, what time does your school fucking start? Right? Yeah. T- this is another a big episode where like time is okay, I guess. Time, time is, yeah. And what time of year it is? Are the kids in school? Okay. Yeah, that's what I also didn't realize in season one. It was like, are they in school or not? <laughs> is this a summer or a winter season? I think it's a winter season because they're all like, Bundled all up bundled stuff. up all the time because like we do get summer seasons in the future but like as of now it's so hard to tell because things jump so much and so, you can never tell the summer seasons are my favorite because emmy russell is very hot and she gets to wear a lot of tank tops in the summer seasons and it's nice uh, um <laughs> so they're settling down they're watching deadly as catch and karen is there we I don't guess. know why she's there Again, how much time has passed? Are she in lip dating? Does she just hang out at the house now? Why is Karen there? Yeah. And then we cut back to the alibi. They're watching the fight. Frank is sitting next to Karen's dad. And Karen's dad apparently knows who Frank is and just punches him right in the face. uh, Which is the only good thing Karen's dad has ever done. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, Frank gets knocked on the ground, but he doesn't spill a drop of that pint of beer in his hand. Just straight up, he's a professional. We love alcoholics. <laughs> uh, and then we cut back to the Gallagher house, still watching Deadliest Catch. I still don't understand why. And Frank comes home with a bloody nose all down the front of his shirt. And he keeps the bloody nose for like an incredibly long time in this episode. And I hate that so it's much. Like It's all over his face and all over his shirt. And, like, it's so disgusting. And even when you, like, see him wipe it off, he doesn't get it all. And I'm like, why? I hate this so much. People like blood on that show, they don't care. uh, (laughs) Once they bleed, they're like, all right, I guess that's how I'm going to be for a little bit. So he walks in, and then Ian's like, yo, that's my fucking shirt that you're wearing. Why are you wearing my shirt? And he asks in a very polite way. He doesn't say it like, I just said it. He's like, Frank, why are you wearing my shirt? And Frank gets up in his face and headbutts Ian in the face. Bro, he hits him so hard. And then everyone's reaction, just like, they all just, like, get up and they're, like, fight or flight mode right away. Yeah. 
V starts tending to Ian's wounds. And then Steve gets up and, like, gets in Frank's face. Like, what the fuck, Frank? You just hit your son in the face. And Fiona gets mad at Steve for some reason and kicks Steve out of the house. Her, okay. I understand, like, Fiona and her whole thing. Like, she doesn't need a man standing up for her. And, like, on this also happens in, pre in like, later seasons as well. Um, but, like, she doesn't, like, she doesn't take help easily. And, like, in times when, like, honestly, it could be you, she fucking just casts them away. I, like, I truly don't understand why Frank comes in, headbutts Ian in the face. Steve gets in Frank's face and goes, like, what the fuck? That's not okay. And Fiona turns around and is mad at Steve and kicks Steve out of the house. I don't, where does that, I don't understand. I don't get it don't at understand. all. And, uh, and, but in the background, while all this chaos is happening, Debbie has a frying pan in her hand. And like, I think she was going for Steve, but like, what was, I wanted to see more of that. <laughs> what else was yeah. about to happen with Debbie in this frying pan? Let, let, Lip stops her, but I'm like, wait, hold on. Let's see what plays out here. What's about to happen? Fiona kicks Steve out of the house. Little baby Ian's nose is bleeding, and V is trying <laughs> to help him. And I'm angry. Why? Why hurt him? Why? Why do? Why do we consistently? Sorry, just we're looking ahead into the future. Why do we have to hurt Ian so much all the time? Dude, that kid gets his shit rocked. Why does he <laughs> like, have to hurt so much always? I'm so angry about it. Like, and it's like not just one person. Like, he gets like fucked up by so many different people, and I'm like, leave this poor kid alone. Yeah. And so I don't know how much time passed in the filming between the pilot and the, like, basically the first other episode of the series. Like, I don't know how much time got split between, like, submitting it and finding out that it was going and filming it and stuff. Because all the other kids don't look like they've grown up that much, but Cam has shot up. He shot up yeah. like half a foot. All of his freckles are gone. Like... Because his hair was, like, so, like, dark red and, like, really, like, stuck up everywhere and, and he was tiny. Were... And then the next episode, he's, like, Ugh. His freckles look like they were, like, dotted on with with Crayola in, in the last episode. Like, he and was, I had a fucking freckle. He was a full child and now he is halfway to a grown man. Like <laughs> Cameron started the show, what, when he was, like? 15. 15? Okay. And then Jeremy was, like, 17, Jeremy was 18, right? I think, because 18? Jeremy gets sex scenes, like, almost right away. So, gotcha, gotcha. And um, then, so I, like, I actually Googled, so Ethan is only a month older than me. Like, two, like a month or two older than yeah. me. But, like, but a year. So he is, like, a month and a year older than me. And, like, same with Emmy. And Emmy is, like, a couple months older than him. Yeah, so they were like, 10 when the show, like, yeah. 9 or 10 when the show started. Yeah, that's why for the first few seasons, even though Ian gets relationship stuff, we don't get to see him have sex scenes because Cameron Monaghan was not 18 years old yet. So yeah, that makes sense with all the shots with, like, you only see, like, a little bit of them yeah. or, even like, not all of them. all of his scene partners were over 20. <laughs> 20, <laughs> Bro, I, 20, like, and I old, like... 20 and much older. Sorry, spoiler alert, guys. 20 and much older. But Cam Dude. was, like, not even 18 until, like, the middle of season three. Ian has right. shot up like a weed, and it's crazy. How, I don't know how long that gap was, because time doesn't exist. Uh, take another shot. Uh, <laughs> so Steve puts on his coat and leaves because Fiona kicked him out for some reason. Who knows why? It's Fiona. After 
Steve walks out. One of the more brilliant moments of the first season, like one of the more brilliant moments of the whole show, which is like reasons why I loved the show in the first place. Fiona goes up to Frank in the kitchen where he's wiping blood off of his face and just leans against the fridge and stares at him. And he stares at her and neither of them say anything, but she gives him a look, that mom stare that's like, you fucked with one of my kids. Like she was just staring him down and you could see him like try to fight back like a little bit with his eyes. And then he eventually just drops his head and shakes it and goes, okay, okay. Like she just gave him a tongue lashing, but it was silence. And it was beautiful, brilliant acting by, uh, by Emmy and, and William H. Macy. Like it, that was truly beautiful. Oh, why does the show, why is the show so good sometimes? <laughs> and then and then just trash. Like It sucks because they have such talented people on this show and they put them in like the worst scenarios and then it's just like, are we going to get like a really good acting scene or are we just going to get overwhelmed with the same like fights and like characters doing the same bullshit over and over again yeah like let's not be fooled by the show william h macy we all know is a brilliant and talented actor but some of the shit that he does on the show it's like why you have william h macy why are we doing this garbage i don't understand yeah that's what always threw me off a little bit as well and emmy is emmy is so brilliant that she has left the show she's like i'm too good for this and just peace out i'm like proud of her i know i'm so proud of her but i'm excited to see what like what's gonna happen though yeah uh, I, I feel like i've just abandoned the whole we're not talking about the future thing sorry i'm just going to assume you guys know, I know. that <laughs> things that are happening currently it's, it's been on for 10 the years been out for 10 years <laughs> i'm not going to spoiler alert on it it's been out for 10 years sorry about it i'll try not to give away specific plot point spoilers but like eventually the woman who plays fiona emmy russum leaves the show sorry about it um so we go upstairs after the whole brawl in the in the living room and lip is rolling a joint because they just have joints in their room uh because they're like rolling on like a frisbee or something yeah he's rolling a joint to share with ian and ian and uh ian says if he ever fights back against frank he'll fucking kill him which he should and lip says so what prison is like gay heaven <laughs> do you see why Amanda abandons the whole we're not talking about the future thing? Oh my god. Ian, you've got no idea. Um, let's never forget Ian is a homosexual. Let's remind us every time. Let's we see please scene, never forget. Let's never forget Ian. Ian is a gay man. Uh so we go from that scene. Re- just remember Ian's gay and he will fight if he has to. Moving on. <laughs> Frank is rooting through someone's room. I guess that's his room looking for clothes and he's looking for a new shirt and he ends up just turning the one he's wearing inside out because he's (laughs) disgusting and then he leaves the house and then there's like a very ominous shot of steve in his car just watching frank following him like what are we up to steve it's just creepy because like like frank is like of course always on foot like leaving the house and then steve's just like a little bit down the block just like and how I'm out of it is Frank that he's not seeing, like, a Mercedes just, like, crawl <laughs> behind him. And I love how, like, they always thought they could get away with, like, using really nice fancy cars in that area. Like, I don't get how they continuously, like, gave them such nice things in that area when their whole thing was, like, we shouldn't have nice things and nice things don't belong here. But they're like, let's get them. Yeah. Steve's car would be stripped for parts in minutes. 
Like, it would and be that's literally what Fiona tells him. <laughs> Doesn't Fiona tell him that at one point? She's like, yeah, your car's not going to be here in the morning. Yeah. So, whatever. Steve is following Frank in the car. Frank is not noticing. I wonder what's going to happen. We cut to the alibi. Kev closes up and leaves. There's like a drunk asleep on the bar. And then, I guess, time passes uh, as we're just in this one shot in the bar. Kev opens up again the next morning and breaks an <laughs> egg and a beer for the guy and gives it to him for breakfast. So I that's, love Kev. It's one of his, his norms. He, he likes that guy. And then we see Debbie running around the neighborhood stealing newspapers from neighbors' uh, from neighbors' porches looking for grocery coupons. Because, again, just like in the first episode, I guess Debbie is the head of the financials in the house. Yeah, it seems like she is at such a young age, but she's, like, the only one without any source of income. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then uh, we see go her, and V go down to a delivery van, and V is, like, flirting with the driver. She apparently, like, knows the guy and is flirting with him. While Ian goes around to the back of the truck, opens up this enormous refrigerated dairy truck, and the only thing in it is two little crates with, like, some milk and cheese and butter in it, just at, sitting at the end of the truck. Okay. Oh, how conveniently placed for them. <laughs> right? How did they know they were going to get fucking robbed? <laughs> so V is flirting with a guy while Ian steals the stuff. And then we get an incredibly unnecessary shot of this guy's boner as V walks away from him. Why don't we need to see that? We see so many different people's boners throughout the show. Like, we should not be surprised. <laughs> why do we need to see that? So we cut back to the Gallagher house. They're doing their morning thing. Debbie's clipping coupons. Ian drops off the dairy. He goes to V's house. So, like, her the dairy. so this is all happening in the morning time. Let's say they're not in school right this, now. So this what is like 6 a.m. Is, is it 6 a.m.? Is that when they're all doing this? Is it 12 in the afternoon? Is it lunchtime? Or is it 8 a.m.? Like, I don't know. Is it 4 p.m.? They're about to watch more Deadliest Catch. Who knows? Are they on winter break? What time of year is it? I know this is like January 16th that it aired. Are they on Christmas break? I truly don't understand. Showtime, please help. (laughs) Happy dairy man and his boner drive away. Um, And we see a close-up of a body laying on the ground, wearing like sort of what Frank was wearing when he left, like the denim jacket. So, like, there's a body just laying down on the ground. Could be someone asleep. It could be a dead body. We don't know. It's, like, underneath, like, one of the L passes, right? They're just dropping that little foreshadowing nugget so that we can grab it later. Uh, Fiona comes downstairs with Liam in the Gallagher house. We see their very funny welcome mat. Like, the dog doesn't bite, but the kids do or something. (laughs) Very kitschy and funny. And they all join together for a breakfast. Fiona goes through the mail that she just picked up and sees a check for Frank. It's his disability check. And she thinks it's very weird that Frank isn't, like, here grabbing it immediately. And she asks everybody, she's like, wait, what day is it? What? Why yeah. isn't he here? Because, like, is- from what everyone already learns from Frank is that he's money hungry and he's a scammer. So, of course, like, if this is money income coming from, like, to, to him, where are you at? Why, yeah. why doesn't he have his money yet? Because Mans is always up on that. Yeah. And I made a note here that the style of how the show is shot is, like, really radically different from the first episode. Because the first episode was like, boom, boom, now, now, we're moving through time. And this one is, like, much slower. There's close-ups of more specific moments. It's, like, a lot quieter. It's, like, Mm -hmm. it's a radical, like, shift in, in the way that it's being shot and presented to us in the second episode. It's, like, a little bit of a readjustment period has to happen. Do you think it's because they've there was a 
good grace period before the two episodes were shot. Do you think that's probably why? I think it's that and it's first season figuring our shit out-ness, mm. I think. It's them, like, experimenting with different things and, like, maybe trying things that the UK show did and maybe and maybe trying to differentiate. It was them figuring shit out. There were, like, I feel like that's how it is with a lot of shows, regardless, like, not just Shameless, but I feel like if you watch the first season, you can tell that, like, a bunch of the episodes all are, like, still as similar, yeah. but they kind of teeter-totter with, like, this is this, must use this, or this one had different shots, or yeah. this one's audio sounded a little differently. And then there's, like, the universally loved shows, too, that, like, The Office and Parks and Rec that famously have terrible first seasons, where they yeah. like, didn't know what they were doing, and then they got their shit together. Yeah. So, like I said, the vibe is weird. Steve comes in, because I guess he wants to apologize. He comes bearing Starbucks and donuts, which, like, yes, please come in. Please. <laughs> Fiona, like, sort of complains about trying to get the kids to eat healthy, but, like, doesn't fight him on it. And he kisses her hello, and they he, like, sort of apologizes, and she sort of apologizes, and they're, like, fine. But, like, once again, how long have they been dating? What time is it? What? How long has it been dating? Where is their relationship? How long has it been since, like, they had that fight, like, with Ian or and Frank? Yeah. It gets established later today that it's, like, Friday. So, like, it's it's a weekday. So, if today is Friday, that means yesterday, when they were all chilling, eating burgers, watching Deadly as Catch, it was a Thursday afternoon. <sighs> Why are I want to Google, Google 2011, when did Deadly as Catch air? <laughs> See what happened. <laughs> it airs at, like, 8 o'clock at night. I know that because my dad watches it. So, like, they're watching it in the middle of the day. Uh, oh my god whatever uh, so they all irrelevant have, we yeah. don't know how much time has gone by we don't know how long steve and fiona have been dating we don't know how long frank has not come to get his check like it just everything is just kind of we don't know but is frank the real is answer he's not here to get his check they all go in the living room because they think this like sleeping bag in the living room is frank but it's not debbie had left him a mug of coffee and like Debbie is so sweet and innocent in the first season, and it breaks my heart. Yeah, you can, like, it's a lot you notice throughout with the younger children is that they have more of a heart, and they give more Frank a little more lenience than any of, like, the older siblings. Yeah, Debbie So, like, it kind of hurts to watch, almost, just watching these little kids, like, be like, my dad, I love my dad, and then their dad be like, fuck you guys, I'm gonna go rob you, and I'm gonna disappear and do all these things, because, like, Fucking their babies. <laughs> Debbie and Carl care about him so much, and it's like so sweet. And even and like you can it, see that Fiona mourning like too, because you can see Fiona remembered when he was a little bit okay, and like she like puts up with him and she hates him and stuff. But like every once in a while, when she breaks down, she like kind of just wants her dad, and like yeah. it's, it's so heartbreaking. Lip and Ian don't have those moments as much. No, because like, I feel like they. It, like, everything happened to them at the time where it was only all dropped on Fiona. So, like, those kids just grew up knowing that they had shitty parents, but, like, not really holding that much resent to them because, regardless, they weren't there Yeah. To for them to deal with because they have also were so younger. But, like, it hurts to watch, like, Carl and Debbie for, like, not really spoiler alert, but, like, for, like, seasons still have, like, a heart for Frank and, like, still see the good in Frank, but yeah. Frank doesn't give a fuck. They... Yeah, they're concerned that Frank is gone. The Gallagher kids are calling Frank dad again. It's really weird. 
Fiona, so Fiona goes over to Kevin V's house where Kevin V are just fucking. <laughs> yeah, just like and, they do. And but also, you gotta think, you gotta realize that, like, in Shameless, no one knocks. People just walk in your house. Yeah, Fiona, which, like, you live in the south side, lock your doors? Yeah, that's <laughs> what I said. That was, like, first of all, if Frank can break in that easily to your guys' house all the time and just walk in, you guys aren't that safe for being where yeah. you are. You're in a bad neighborhood. Lock your doors. <laughs> Fiona walks in. Kevin V are fucking. And Fiona just asks them while they're fucking, you see Frank? Has Frank been around? And Kev stops fucking. Because all we see is Kev, Kev's sweaty face, and like V's leg on his shoulder. <laughs> that is the perspective of this shot. V's leg on his shoulder, his sweaty face, and Fiona behind him as they talk, just like towards the camera. So the way weird. they film sex scenes are so overwhelming. <laughs> Kevin V, oh, So, like, Fiona finds out that Frank has not been around the alibi since last night uh, before closing, and Kev doesn't know where she is. And then they make a comment that's like, oh, so Kev is hitting it from the back, I guess? Because Fiona <laughs> said, I came in through the back, and she's like, you're not V from somewhere. It's like, you're not the only one. So I'm like, we're just... You're just having anal sex, and we're just, okay. We're, we're supposed to be cool with it. Fiona leaves. <laughs> we just let him do whatever. Fiona leaves. Kevin and V look at each other. Kev laughs, and they just keep fucking. Good for you two. People are so sex positive in this show, <laughs> you gotta get used to it. It's so, like, I, I, I knew that from starting the show, but then watching the show, you don't really realize how much sex actually occurs in this show. So that's why I sometimes feel worry, like, weary recommending it to people who are a little bit younger than me because i'm like i don't know if you want to sit and watch this <laughs> yeah yeah because like like if you take away the sex scenes like it's a, it's a pretty interesting show but i'm just like sometimes you don't know if you want to be watching all of that all the time <laughs> and sometimes it's too many sex scenes believe me i would love to watch emmy russell just like shirtless all the time i appreciate that but like yeah she's also very talented can we can she put a shirt on and like do a scene maybe <laughs> uh whatever so Fiona goes back to the house. She gets a moment alone with Steve and she admits she thinks Frank is missing. And he's like, oh, really? Frank's missing? He's such a good actor. Uh, <laughs> and then we cut to the whole family phone banking, calling everyone in the neighborhood looking for Frank. Why? Why? Why do we care? Like, Frank already has a history of going missing and being an asshole and not responding and no one seeing him. But, like, for some reason in this specific case, they are so prominent to go finding him. And, like, he's missing. Like, what does he add to them as of now in the series? Like, he doesn't give them anything in return. So why do they fucking care? Yeah. I, th- <sighs> so like, they're all Fiona. real worried. They're real worried about where Frank is. So they're calling every single person that they know. V is calling hospitals. They're so worried. And there's a moment where... V is like on a landline and then it gets yanked out of her hand and she goes chasing it down the street because Kev is pulling their landline back into the house and she's like trying to keep a conversation with somebody on the phone. It's very funny. Kevin V. I love when Kev's always like, don't steal my shit. Yeah. He's like, fucking Gallagher's. Like, he's so mean in the first season and then he turns so nice. But like, he's got, these are valid concerns. No, but yeah, of course, the Gallagher steal fucking all of their shit all the time. So I don't blame him. His cell phone and he's like, oh great, they're running up both of my bills. Cool. Love that. Thanks. And then he and V just like are yelling at each other. But I love, they're yelling at each other. And then Kev's like, fucking whatever. I love you. And kisses her and leaves. Like, 
They're so cute. Oh, like they can yell and then say I love you and then walk out the door. And she's like, you fucking asshole. I love you too. Get the fuck out of my face. Like, yeah, I love them. They are the number three shameless couple in my book. <laughs> Wait, who's number two then? Oh, Fiona and Steve. Gotcha. Yeah. Because I already knew who number one was. Oh, yeah, we know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Kevin and Fiona fight about the phone. It's very cute. And then we find out that Kev's like, oh, you're going to run out the bills? Then fucking get to work and pay some bills. And that's when we find out that V is a cam girl. So V abandons phone banking for Frank, takes her shirt off, and just starts ironing for a freak on the internet. Okay, yeah, for you. Shirt, <laughs> boobs out, just ironing her shirt. Like, good for her, though. Titties out. Good for her. Um, then we're back at the Gallagher house. Everybody's worried. Debbie is having a breakdown. They split up around the city, and we get a fun montage of them, including Karen, just all around the city looking for Frank in hobo camps and in porta potties and under the bridge and whatever, searching the south side for. I'm for still Frank. so astounded that they put so much effort into looking for him. Like, I think just sets it up for everything else he does to them in the future so like they realize not to care that as much but i'm just like they're like this is like what like an eight-man job at this point who's all looking for him like and again it's a weekday <laughs> why aren't these children in school why didn't fiona send them to school and then with her adult friends go and look for her missing father why aren't these kids in school and then we get another foreshadowing shot of the dairy truck man from earlier driving by the body that we saw laying by earlier while everybody's looking for Frank. Uh, we cut to the police station where Officer Officer Tony, little blondie Officer I, Tony. I love Tony. He says they can't file a missing persons report on Frank because he's Frank and he's always and he, missing. Exactly. If Tony can say that shit, why does everyone care? Ugh. And then, to- then Tony only takes it seriously when Fiona's like, it's the last Friday of the month. It's disability day. And Tony's like, oh shit, I guess this is serious. Like, but once again. It's money. If like, he was missing, so what? Like, so what does he contribute? I don't understand. We cut to the alibi where Lip is telling Kev off for giving him shit about the phone. And Kev, like, immediately backs off when Lip's like, oh, you don't want me running up your phone bill? Then I'm not gonna do your fucking taxes for free anymore. Goodbye. Kev's <laughs> like, whoa, 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 you can use my phone whenever you want. Please keep doing my taxes. It's I, I love it. And we figure out the last Friday means disability day, and Kev suddenly also takes the disappearance super seriously. And he asks, um, he tells uh Lip that the last person he saw Frank with was Steve before last call at the bar. And Lip's like, Steve saw Frank and never told any of us. He hasn't said a word about it interesting so that's already sketchy towards all of them yeah and like we don't we don't we're only learning information as much as all the other characters are learning information about where frank is as of now yeah so and again karen is with lip this entire time and is like acting like (sighs) whatever then there's like an ominous news report on the alibi on the tv at the alibi that shows that a dead body was found on the south side and like dun-dun-dun so, of course, everyone's, like, tweaking out from yeah, this. Yeah, but Kev is the only one who sees it because Lip has already left the bar at this point. So Kev asks his lesbian bartender friend if she has seen Frank. And she's like, I haven't fucking seen Frank. But I also now need an entire spinoff episode about this lesbian bartender. 
Because she said the last time, the first time she ever kissed a woman, she fell downstairs and broke her collarbone. And like, I need a whole episode about her. Very interesting. <laughs> I you love her. By a lady and then she's the redhead lady, right? Yeah, there. It's the lesbian bartender in flannel. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if we ever gave her a name. I don't know if she ever. They have that again. name. I can't. <laughs> that name is so good. <laughs> lesbian flannel bartender. Okay. But she sounds interesting, and I like her. So we cut to V's house, where Fiona and Steve are discussing Frank's disappearance. While V has her tits out, she's working. She's got her tits out. She's ironing. She's working. And Fiona and Steve are standing in her bedroom, just, like, spitballing ideas. And Steve, like, has his eyes cast down, and he's being very gentlemanly. (laughs) And then Ian walks in and just, like, sees V topless and just, like, appreciates her. And she's like, he's like, hey, what's up? And she's like, hey, Ian, that girl knows. She knows that boy is the gayest. Uh, v knows. V is like the superior mother to all the kids. Yeah. She's like, hey, Ian, how's it going? Like, she she flirts back because she knows that boy is gay as fuck. And it's fantastic. <laughs> um, Fiona, Ian grabs Fiona because Debbie's super upset. And they leave. And V shuts down her camera on the ladyvpeepshow.com, which... <laughs> is amazing and then we get an incredibly an iconic handle we get an incredibly unnecessary cutaway of one of her viewers who was jacking off to her being very upset that the show has been cut short and he's got a monkey for some reason i hate it they just add little details and they just do that <laughs> shit. um we cut to the gallagher house debbie's freaking out because i think she heard about the dead body or she thinks frank is dead and Ian's, like, interpreting. Debbie is speaking that hysterical language we all speak when we are overwhelmed and we are crying. Mm-hmm. And Ian is interpreting everything that she's saying, which is great. And, like, apparently some girl said to Debbie that, like, Frank might be dead. And Fiona's like, I'm gonna fucking deck that bitch. <laughs> I love mom voice Fiona. Yes, please go beat up a nine-year-old for me. It's great. So that's when Lip walks in and tells everyone that Steve was the last one to see Frank. And everybody's like, what the fuck? What do you mean? And Kev comes in and tells Fiona about the body. And Fiona and the kids all go running down to the crime scene. And they're all very upset. And then they turn the body over. And it's just a hobo. It's not Frank. Yeah. Oh, who cares? It's a dead person. But whatever. They all, like, are so relieved. But I'm like, you guys just saw a dead body. (laughs) And you're like, oh, thank God. You brought your children to see a dead body. What if it had been their dead father? Then she ran down the street. They all stopped to put their coats on. And then, so she had stop, time to stop and think, maybe I shouldn't bring the children to see a dead body. <laughs> maybe we shouldn't look at a dead body today. And then they did it anyway. And good for them. So it's not Frank. Frank isn't the dead person. And then, and then they him. all inappropriately fucking just cheer. <laughs> yes. We cut to Frank asleep on a bench in Toronto. Which, like, He's I wonder, in Canada! <laughs> they must have shot this in Toronto. That, that looks like a shot outside in like that doesn't look like a green screen that looks no like, like the background is like beautiful because like he's on a bench on like a side street and then it's like what like a lake or something and it's like the skyline of toronto and it's that like he must they must have actually shot that there even though they shoot in los angeles and chicago, chicago. i guess they flew to toronto for a day to shoot this because that's where fucking everything else in the world shoots so yeah uh, so, and we are highlighted by, like, if you didn't recognize the skyline, it is highlighted by the fact that we then see a Canadian flag, two women jogging with Canadian 
flag like beanies on and then a mountie comes walking up so they can <laughs> with, his, with the whole get up in the hat and like the fucking red suit Let's and then I think there's also like a big maple leaf on the bench he's on too. Oh, for sure. They're like, just so you know, it's Canada. <laughs> yeah, they they made sure that you know he's in Canada. <laughs> yeah. So Mountie on a horse comes up and arrests Frank because he's a, a bum sleeping on a bench, and these women are very these women that jogged by like stopped the Mountie and pointed him out. So Frank gets arrested, and he just starts singing the Star Spangled Banner because he is he is America dumbass that just like. I still don't get why they would have arrested him for just, like, sleeping on the bench. Because, like, he, he could have been homeless, a Canadian homeless person. Yeah. But, like, it wasn't like he was doing anything. I think, like, the women were, like, disturbed by him or something and reported whatever. Yeah. He ends up in jail. And the man we see next, that we don't ever even see, like, his cellmate next to him, while Frank is trying to make his case that he's an American citizen, even though he doesn't have a passport, the guy next to him is like, oh, is that a Chicago accent I hear? And Frank's like, this guy knows. He knows I'm an American. And the guy's like, if you give me a hand job, I'll try and help you out. And Frank's like, what is happening? So we just start singing the Star Spangled Banner because he's an asshole. Frank is exhausting. Uh, so then we're back in America. We're back in Chicago. Officer Tony has arrived at the Gallagher house with news that Frank has been arrested in Canada. Boy, that was quick. It was a quick international I, conversation. That yeah, like, did they just, like, fax it over, being like, by the way, we have this fucker. Do you have a bolo out on front? How did he get this information so and quickly? Especially, like, Tony. Like, there can't be just be one police department in Chicago that would have received that information. Like, so how did Tony get access to that's it? That's two different countries. It's not like he popped up in an American database. Like, it was Canada. He's in Canada. Yeah. Unless Frank gave him some information that we don't learn about, but this is shameless we're talking about, so of course we're not going to get answers that we want. It makes no sense. So Tony's like, oh, Frank's in jail in Canada. And then Kev and Fiona's like, well, then we have to go get him back. And uh, V offers the truck. And Kev makes Tony, like, plug his ears so that he doesn't hear Kev say, I don't have insurance on my truck. I can't get it back in the country. And V's like, yeah, but while you're up there, buy prescription pills. <laughs> and, like, there's a police officer sitting in between you. Whatever. He's, a, he's south side. He's south side. Police, he man. We gotta... Tony, we love Tony, though. <laughs> uh, so Fiona goes to the kitchen. She starts rooting through the trash. And then she grabs... She starts rooting through the trash because I guess she remembered seeing Steve smoke these Canadian cigarettes earlier. And she's like, why the fuck do you have Canadian cigarettes and figures out that Steve is the one that brought Frank to Canada, which I thought she already knew Steve had something to do with him disappearing. Cause they said Steve was the last person to see him earlier. Yeah, I feel like that's like automatic. Like he, it, it's him. Like, yeah. I feel like that was already foreshadowing that they all knew that so, it was his fucking fault. So Steve admits to smuggling Frank into Canada. And again, Fiona is mad at him and I don't understand why she punches him in the face and as much as I love Angry Emmy, I don't get it. I don't, I don't get it. So then she said, like, if, if Frank had punched Ian in the face in front of me, I would have driven Frank to Canada as well. Fuck you, Frank. Get out of my house forever. Get out of my country. I hate you. Yeah. <laughs> so Fiona's super mad. She punches Steve right in the face and tells Steve to go get Frank back. So Steve gets an RV from a car stealing buddy of his. And makes a plan for him and Kev to drive up to Canada, get Frank, 
get V's prescription medication so that they could drive it all back into America, smuggling him in, like, the shower wall. And then V can sell the drugs and Frank will be back. Whatever. So they I drive totally forgot the, like... I totally forgot this extent of this episode. (laughs) Right? It's so long. It's so crazy. They drive from Chicago, Illinois to Canada and back in apparently less than a day. So from where I live, fucking, it's like maybe a 15 hour drive. Yeah. And Chicago is probably like four hours away from me. So like that's like 20 hours, maybe, maybe a full day's worth of driving. Yeah. Like, to pick up Frank. To pick up Frank. Yeah, it apparently takes them less than a day to get the RV, formulate the plan, drive up and get Frank and drive him back. No, it takes less than a day. I need to, to look at a out, map. Because <laughs> it's Friday. They find out Frank is missing. They scour the south side for Frank. Frank wakes up in Toronto. Frank gets arrested. They find out Frank is in Toronto. And F- Fiona says, you have to go get him back. Steve finds a buddy with an RV, gets into the Gallagher house, explains the plan. They drive up. And they drive him back. And by the time they're back, it is Saturday at noon. That was 24 hours all of that happened in? I don't... Nope. Take a shot every time I complain about the time. If you want to be shit-faced. Okay, Uh, so realistically, they would have to fucking drive through, like, Wisconsin, Michigan, and Minnesota, and Iowa, basically, to get to just, like, Ontario. But who knows where Frank actually is within Canada. Yeah. So, like... That's a lot of driving to be able to fucking just get there that quickly, especially for them. Like, I forgot how close Illinois actually is, but, like, that's a lot. That's a that's a pretty far distance. And also, where they're located, there's no, like, there's so much, so many lakes and water around them that, like, it's not even just, like, a straight shot. Like, they have to, like, go around all yeah. these other states to even get into Canada. And this also means that Steve tracked frank until closing time at the alibi thursday night so it was probably like two in the morning put him in his trunk drove him to canada and came back in time for breakfast in the morning on friday to bring starbucks and donuts it's like it's like a four-hour gap <laughs> dude i think we should just like stop talking about yeah, time and just know that we're up. never going to be satisfied with whatever we ever <laughs> I think them, like, putting a calendar on the fridge in the first episode just, like, sent me spinning. As this episode has already gone on for so long, they devised the plan to get him back from Canada, and then the next shot, Frank is in the car, and they're driving back. Cool. Whatever. I don't know who decided to leave Frank alone with the prescription medication, but whatever. Frank arrives home to the entire neighborhood waving Canadian flags and greeting him, which I don't understand. Uh, nobody likes Frank. I don't. I don't get it. This makes no sense at all. Debbie made a welcome home, Daddy sign, and it broke my heart into a million pieces. That poor girl. He ignores her, and he goes inside. And Fiona and Steve exchange looks, and she shakes her head, and like, "Oh, you not coming back in the house right now, Steve-o. Not, not right now." So Frank goes upstairs to get a bath because he finally needs to bathe, and Debbie comes in with a beer because she's a baby, and it's heartbreaking and then Fiona gives him his disability he he, Fiona gives him his disability check and she says it's Saturday and the banks close at 12 again time is a lie um Fiona says one of my favorite lines after that like she gives him the thing she's like whatever fuck you're back here's your disability check if you want to cash it don't ever hit one of my kids again and then he looks at her and he's like 
they're not your kids and she just stares him down like don't ever hit one of my kids again like she will fucking destroy you she will leave you in canada next time no yeah she's so powerful and then frank is in his room packing his clothes because i guess he's leaving and then once again debbie tries to bond with her dad and once again he's being a dick and he makes the joke what's what a urine and canadian beer have in common they both come from pussies. And boy, do I love... <laughs> I love cis men's knowledge of how of how vaginas work. That's... Yeah. A plus. A plus, guys. Frank bullshits some Canadian facts because he's a bullshit artist and makes Debbie go make him a sandwich because he's an asshole. Yeah, he's a prick. Yeah. So Frank packs up and he leaves and Lip watches him leave, picks up a can from his groceries, and throws it at a child. And you like, hear, the, like, it just seems like that on the show make me lose my mind, but I'm just like, why? What was the point? Well, Like, you already caused enough trouble and do enough bullshit. Like, let me just add some more. Apparently the point was, he's gonna steal that child's bike. So he knocks yeah, the child and, off the and bike. And he steals the bike. With a can of food. And he just goes, he just starts following Frank around on this child's bike as Frank goes from house to house trying to seek shelter. And Lip just, like, follows him around, reminding Frank that, like, the family pays its own way uh, with all the money Frank pisses away at the alibi. And Lip's just like, you know you're an asshole, right? Like, this is him just following his dad around on a bike, reminding him what a dick he is, and that nobody yeah. likes him. It's it's fun. Jeremy Allen White got to have fun with that. That must have been fun I for love him. Jeremy. He's uh, he's so good in all of his scenes. That must have been but fun But also, like, shoot, like, I always love how it. tiny that bike is he's riding, though. Yeah. It's, like, not, like, a, it's, like, one of those, like, miniature, like, BMX bikes, basically. And he's, like, so big and it's so tiny. I wonder if he steals the same bike from the same child every day. Because he steals a bike from a child in the first episode, too. In the first episode when they're all going to school, he, like, grabs a bike and rides away. Some kid's like, that's my bike! Like, I wonder if it's just a neighborhood kid. Like, the they same just fucking one. wreck all the time. It's like, hey, Brett! And he just steals his bike today. Like, <laughs> and he does it just violently every time. I'm gonna throw a can of beans at you. Uh, okay. And then that sets Frank on a classic Frank rant, where he's just of walking course, down the street ranting to nobody. Which is brilliant work by by Bill Macy, just like ranting to thin air about their uh, the kid's mom, uh, which is crazy. Frank is on a rant. It's a classic Frank rant, and it's great. And it ends up with him. And we learn through that rant information about Monica and about their relationship and how dysfunctional it was, and like that she ran away when the kids were super little, and that left Frank holding the bag. And like it. It was a little bit of exposition with Frank just, like, ranting to thin air. Talking to himself, basically. Yeah. Um, And he's ranting about, like, how his drinking problem developed, which, like, feels like bullshit, but okay. 100% bullshit. Yeah. And it it ends with him walking into the alibi where, again, everyone is waving a Canadian flag and singing Oh Canada. But yet, somehow, this has all happened yesterday and earlier this day. So everyone was so prepared with their Canadian flags and they all learned the anthem. Like, like where, how did all these, and like, aren't they like, there's like a banner and shit too. Like, right. And like, everyone's like in outfits. So what all these fucking Southside trashies 
went and spent their money on Canada merch to make fun of Frank. Suddenly it's cheers too. Every time he walks in, he gets like a normal yeah. entrance. And suddenly, and like this also like sets it up that like people like Frank and like they're like always like messing around and having fun with him. But I'm just like, what? Literally everyone <laughs> hates him always. And then we're back in the alibi. Karen's dad sits next to Frank, just like he did earlier in this episode eight years ago. And he hands him a beer, and they end up drinking together, talking about how they, the men, are the victims of the horrible, insane women in their lives. And Karen's dad rants about about Sheila, and that she's on disability, and that she never leaves the house, and all she wants to do is cook and clean and have sex. And Frank's like, and you walked out on this deal because... And before Karen's dad is finished complaining, Frank is gone. And he is... It is the third act of this episode, and we are starting a new storyline with Frank now wooing Sheila. Because he's like, oh, I found a golden ticket. She, she never leaves the house. She cooks, she cleans, she gives you beer. Cool, I'm going over to her house right now. So he goes over to Sheila's house, and Sheila, Joan Cusack, my precious baby I angel. love her so much. I love Joan Cusack with my whole heart. And she brings him in. And she tells him to take off his shoes. And she's like, you kind of smell really bad. And I don't like it. And he goes on a rant about how there's never any warm water in the house. And so she's like, do you want me to draw you a bath? I can give you a bath. I can give you some of my husband's old clothes. I'll take care of you. You want some food? And and that's what I we love find her. out. And so we find out what, after he has had a bath in her house. And he stands up. That's what we learned that, that Sheila is a freak. <laughs> Sheila we love Sheila because he drops his towel and she's like ooh <laughs> and they go to the bedroom and then she handcuffs him to the headboard and pulls out her box of sex toys including an enormous an enormous dick like <laughs> the one like the one that has like the handle that one yeah, yeah it's huge <laughs> even Mickey would shudder at this thing so Sheila's a freak <laughs> We love Sheila. Sheila is sex positive. She's Sheila great. is a top. Sheila's a top. <laughs> and like I, Sh- Sheila is a top. She's got big top energy, and I love that for her. And like I love you. And a lot, I love Sheila. how she dominates all the men. But also like consent, baby, consent. Because he at first is like, I don't know about this. I don't know. And, he, and she's like, he's like, what about a safe word? She's like, okay, a safe word. He's like, okay, I say stop, and that's a safe word. She's like, okay. <laughs> and I'm like consent, baby, consent. So Frank gets pegged, and we hear him yelling about it <laughs> as we, like, zoom away from the house. And, like, you know Frank what? Good pegged. for Sheila. I'm so happy for her. Uh, and so then after he gets pegged, he comes downstairs, and he's all, like, walking bow-legged. And Sheila has made him – he, like, looks upset, but then Sheila has made him dinner. And he's like, oh. He walks over, and she sits, like, a pillow down for him and pours him a drink and everything. And gave him, like, gives him, like, Advil and shit like that. Yeah, and he's like, oh, I'm staying here forever. Uh, We cut back to the Gallagher house, and now they're all sitting around watching some other TV show while Fiona picks lice out of Carl's hair. And her phone rings, and it's Steve, and he's got a minivan full of roses to apologize to her, and he wants to give her the minivan. And she goes out back inside and comes out and gives him cash to repay for the washer that he gave her. Uh, because she's like, I don't need your fucking charity. I don't need anything from you. I don't need you to fix my problems. I don't need your fucking minivan. I'll pay you back for the washer whenever, you asshole. And, like, 
I get where she's coming from, but like But bitch never says thank you. Even if she trying, does get things. He's just trying to be nice. Like he's not trying yeah. to give you charity. He's trying to like woo you and give you what you need. Like And like I know he even like defends himself. He was like, We're together. Like we're supposed to give each other things in return. Yeah. Like I don't get why you don't want things. <laughs> he hit one of your kids and so I took care of him. And you needed a washer, so I got you one. And you need to haul them around. Here's a minivan. I steal cars for a living. What? I don't understand. I get why she's, like, putting her foot down and being, like, a strong, independent woman. I'm very proud of her, and I love Fiona. And Fiona's amazing. But, like, damn, girl. And then one last cut to Frank living at Sheila's. And Karen is just sitting at breakfast, like, so my boyfriend's dad just, like, lives with us now, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) And she is not into it. And then credits roll, and then we get our very first credit scene of Frank in panties, like fuzzy pink panties and fuzzy pink handcuffs. And we go from, like, a news report saying that these, like, fuzzy pink handcuffs have, like, a, they're not good and that they lock and you can't get them open. And then firefighters walk in to cut cut the cuffs off of Frank and laugh at him, and it's great. It's so good. Wow, that was a long episode. That episode, like too much happens in this episode like i get it it's only the second episode but like bro you you already gave us so much information with the first episode you're gonna give us like a 480 basically with it is one of my least favorite episodes of season one and it's because it's frank based yeah it's because it's frank based and there isn't enough ian and lip in this episode Yeah, like, Ian and Lip, honestly, like, those, my boys, they run so much of the show. They're, like, the only children in the Gallagher clan that get, like, legitimate storylines for the first, like, two seasons. Yeah, because we get, like, little baby Carl and uh, Debbie things, but, like, it's not anything you constantly are, they go back to. It's kind of like it happened once in this episode in, like, the 30 minutes in, and then we're not going to talk about it for, like, the next year. <laughs> and, like, that was probably because they were trying to film as little as possible with the kids that were, like, under 12, and, like... Because, like, whatever, like, they can only film, like, a certain couple hours a day. Like, I don't know, Hollywood yeah. child Cause even, actor cause rules. even though Cam was a minor, like, he's 15, so, like, the rules are different for, like, 10 to 12 to, like, whatever. I'm sure they just yeah. didn't want to film that much with the kids, so, like... Liam's always, like, a sleeper in another room or something for, like, a lot yeah. of season one, too. Yeah, he's, like, either just always on someone's hip just being dragged around in a scene and, like, that's it. Or, like, someone's pushing him around. Yeah. But that's it. Like, you don't ne- really learn anything about Liam. So what do we think about this episode? I think it had its moments, and I think it kind of, like, it kind of painted the picture of how they all genuinely feel about Frank and stuff like that, but it also painted a bad picture on how everyone is treated by Frank. Yeah. Like, it kind of was like it played itself. Like, it made you think that all these people actually cared, and then watch us pan to the next episode, and no one could give two shits about where Frank is, or how Frank is doing, or why he's gone, or something like that. It just kind of rubbed me the wrong way that it was so... Everyone was like, Frank, 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 and then... Literally, if you watch any other time in this series, everyone's like, fuck you, Frank. Yeah. I almost wish this was, like, the third episode, and that between the pilot and this, there was, like, some other information about everybody else in the family, and then that Mm -hmm. the second episode would have ended with Steve driving away, and, like, that the third episode would have been, like, the credit scene. With Frank being, with Frank not being, so that we could just start with, Frank isn't here, so that we didn't have, like, I don't know, it felt long. 
Yeah, it just felt like too. They tried to do too many things. Like they already did like the whole Canada storyline, and then they added like two more new storylines right after that. Yeah. Like they could have easily like made it more so like fuck you, Frank. Why like this is your fault? But like also it's actually fucking Steve's fault. Yeah, I don't know. It just kind of like throws me off because everyone's like way they feel about each other just seems very off as of now and I know it's pretty early in the season but I'm just like it paints such a weird picture for just watching like the third episode yeah and like I like I said it's the first season they were figuring shit out yeah they were figuring out what they wanted to do I whatever um (laughs) did you you have a favorite moment in this episode at all I think it's, I, my favorite moment probably would just be, like, everyone just, like, checking up on each other. Like, yeah. just how, like, B, like, tended to Ian, and, like, everyone was just, like, chilling, like, back and forth with each other. But, like, there was not one specific moment that, like, maybe, I think maybe Lip, like, following Frank and kind of, like, belittering him, being like, fuck you, Frank, you don't deserve to be, stay anywhere. That's what I was like, going to say, too, because I just love when Jeremy Allen White gets to work. Like, <laughs> I love him. I love getting to see him work in co- the comedy stuff or drama. Like, I love getting to see him work. It's so fun. And I love the, the V and Ian friendship is so sweet. Because, like, that they're really close in real life, too. And I, like, that makes me really happy. Because I, yeah. I can tell, like, Shanala, like, kind of took all the little babies under her wing. Yeah. And, like, her and um, Emma are, like, super close. And I think that's adorable. She's been re-watching random early episodes of the series. And, like, mm-hmm. while she's watching it, she's, like, on Instagram Live commenting on it. <laughs> and she's like, oh, my God, they were children. Because, <laughs> like, Cause, like oh. they're all they're all in their 20s now. Yeah. Like, all of them are, which is, like, oh, my Cam, God. <laughs> Cam is, like, Cam is, like, 26. 27 emmy uh not emmy um emma and um ethan are both about to be 21 yeah because i think ethan's birthday is in like september and then like emmy's is like a month before his i think because yeah. she's older than him yeah and, and then Debbie's, i don't i don't know how old is Jeremy Debbie older is. than carl or yeah, uh yeah Debbie's and old. shameless yeah debbie's older than carl and emma is actually older than ethan yeah so I How old is Jeremy Allen White? I'm actually interested. He's, I don't know. He's in his late 20s, I think. Please hold everybody. Jeremy Allen White. <laughs> Sorry, Google. Uh, Jeremy is 29. Okay, so he's about to be 30. Yeah. And then Emmy is like, what, 32, 33? Yeah. She's so. 33. Yeah. Okay, so this episode is over, and that's fine. But you know what I'm looking forward to? Do you know what the next episode is, sir? Do you know um, we get to meet... In the third episode of season one. Ian Gallagher! We get to meet... You met with the wrong... <laughs> we get to meet next episode. Guys, this is like a, a next a, next week on, or whenever we post this. We get to meet patron saint Mikhailio Alexander Milkovich. We get to uh, meet Maggie Mongovich in the next episode, and I am so excited. I'm we so also excited. we meet Mandy for the first time next episode the as well. Don't Mandy, we? the Jane Levy Mandy. So yeah, so this is us winding down after the episode, just talking about other things because we are in yeah, quarantine. What and What else do we have to do than watch television and talk about it? Yeah. So we're gonna wrap it up now, everybody. Thank you for joining our shit show of a rant <laughs> session. I know that our audio isn't the best quality. I know that this 
is a ranting raving moment but like if you've been into shameless for as long as we have it's all you would ever do when you talked about the show is just yell yeah it just <laughs> it just was like every other conversation i've had about shameless but we're we're letting the public hear it <laughs> people try to avoid talking to me about it because they know that i'll launch into like a 40 minute <laughs> just diatribe about the show i haven't but, been able to talk to like anyone about shameless just because with quarantine yeah i saw on your instagram God. i was like oh he's rewatching all of it that's so good i'm yep, like I... genuinely scared for when we get to the seasons i haven't watched yet but I like it's really interesting watching the new seasons because I like as I said I haven't seen season eight season nine or season ten so I started watching Shameless about three weeks ago and I'm on season eight so I've watched that much Shameless in that literal amount of time so like my I'm like overwhelmed with how much information I'm getting (laughs) from watching it again and like because it was one thing watching things I already knew what happened and like interesting and And stuff like that and now I'm actually on. Now I'm actually watching these things for the first time, and I'm like, I I'm I don't know how to feel. <laughs> I am so excited for you to see season 10. So just so everybody knows, if you are watching through Shameless for the first time, congratulations, oh, welcome. Good good to see you. I'm sorry for all the spoilery things that we've said, but whether <laughs> it's been out for a decade, we that's past the the point of us having to care about spoiling you for things. It's been a decade. Um Yeah. But I am so excited for anybody watching this for the first time. And I'm going to feel the same way you do when we get to season six through nine that I haven't watched a single second of outside of Mickey related content because it'll be like watching a new show. And I'm glad Amanda has been there for my entire, like Amanda has been there since like the day I started watching Shameless basically. Cause like I started watching it and then she saw me watching it on Instagram and like immediately slid in my DMs. It was like, listen, (laughs) I remember it so clearly. I'm so happy that you started watching it. I'm so happy that we are doing this podcast together. I know. You're like, my co-host. What is that? Like, what is like five years ago is when I th- think I started it for the first time. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> it's, uh, it's insane. I'm so happy. I'm so happy that we finally started this. And uh, I'm Me just going to start slapping these together and posting them because what else Hell are yeah. we going to do? Um, so, Evan. Where can everybody follow yes. you on the social medias? On your TikTok, you. perhaps. And stop letting um, his amazing TikToks flop, everybody, please. Like, I'm so mad my Barry one did so bad. He did such a good Barry one, and it flopped, and everybody needs to pay attention to Evan's TikTok, especially the Scott Pilgrim duets he is doing with my sister currently. I know. I need to film more Wallace stuff. <laughs> um, so I, my username, I'm fine, if everyone, but my username is I wanna die 4000 uh, you can find me on TikTok as well as Instagram. I'm if I'm not posting on one, I'm posting on the other, and you can find me there. Um, and then I have um, like a Twitter if you want to follow me. It's called Internet Life Yo. Haven't changed my username in seven years, so don't make fun of me. <laughs> I am gonna give you all of the Instagram and Twitter handles and stuff for the show. Luck we had pod at Instagram on Twitter. Uh, Luck we had pod at gmail dot com if you want to email us with your information about the show. But leave comments and likes and stuff on our posts. If you want to follow me personally on social media, my Instagram is some like it hot 318 We're not going to talk about it. It's a Marilyn Monroe thing. Um, <laughs> don't call me some like it thought. I can't take it. My friends, all my friends would do. Um, and I'm at abnormal Amanda on Twitter. Uh, but yeah, luck we had pod on Twitter, on Instagram, on Gmail if you want to email us. And uh, luck we had pod on SoundCloud. And join us. 
whenever we post the next episode of season one, episode three, uh, which will be called Aunt Ginger, and it will be the very first <gasps> appearance of Mickey Milkovich. And I'm real excited. So, I'm so excited. That's actually a pretty good episode. I really like that episode. So stay tuned for that, everybody. Uh, but goodbye for now, everybody, and uh, awesome. we'll see you next time. Hey, bye! Bye, guys. Thank you.